Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. My goodness, it's so great to be back after a five-day hiatus. We're back in the mix, presented by Batan and Skip. It's a Tuesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill with you. And Rosie, hope you had a great Easter weekend. It seems like it's been like years since I've talked to you. What's up, buddy? It does seem like a while. Let's not forget the Masters. What a wonderful weekend that was. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it looks like we got a little break before the playoffs ourselves. So uh, something the players could probably use. I'm sure we'll get into that. And uh, it's good to be back, mm-hmm. man. That was too long of a break, to be honest with you. But I got to ask you, are we in a cap crunch where we can't play some of our younger players and our prospects because we have no money? Yes, we are. I think these guys would like to have a little uh, time off before the playoffs, <laughs> but um, not possible, man. They're, they're, I like I like getting close to the cap and using what you uh, what you got allotted to you. But when you're within a couple thousand bucks, it's like Jesus, you're playing with fire there, man. Yeah, it certainly is, and we'll get into that conversation about the fact they couldn't recall Joseph Wall. I get why they did it, but now they're. They're fighting every night and every game with two games remaining, including tonight against Tampa Bay Lighting for somebody to back up, for somebody, quite frankly, to play goal. There's a lot of questions coming out of Tampa uh, going into tonight's game. Who starts in between the pipes, especially when Elias Samson, I've got the call last night. He was outstanding. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, you can drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll address them a bit later on in the show. And, of course, uh, we didn't talk the last couple days, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions and remarks here on social media. But for now, let's get over the boards. I don't hear anything. I'm back. Hello? What's up, buddy? Okay, yeah. Sorry, folks. I think we uh, 
we had a bit of a crash off the off the air, but uh, Rosie, just getting your remarks, your quick remarks here on on Matthew Nice's his uh, NHL debut and uh, John Tavares winning it. Um, the outcome really wasn't a big story, but certainly we were waiting to see what Matthew Nice did in his debut. Yeah, a lot of attention towards the kid. I was excited to get him in there, and you know. <laughs> expectations can't be on the first game I think you know you're you have to temper expectations but at the same time he's a very good player and and there are some expectations that he can be a, a factor certainly in the future whether that's soon or not yet to be seen but uh it was nice to see him out there and man he can handle that puck down low he can handle it along the boards um he's a body that can't get pushed off the puck and he had some really good shifts. He easily could have been on the score sheet, easily. But there was one bad shift there where he had a bunch of turnovers. Um, I like the confidence where he's still, like, you know, between the legs passes and stuff. When it's necessary, when he's handcuffed, he can still figure out where that guy is. But the NHL is, it is, the biggest thing is the transition is much quicker. The turnovers are much more... Um, devastating towards you and the support on the other team is just constant you just you don't have breakdowns that you can take advantage of like you can probably in the NCAA and um, I think that's a little bit of a learning curve but you know if he gets the nerves shaken out of him and goes in there and if he accepts the fact that we need a power forward we don't need him to take Austin Matthews job right now maybe that'll happen in six years down the road who knows but right now we need you to be a power forward. We need you to get the puck down low and work it. We need you to finish every bloody check. You can't swoop by a single guy, especially in the playoffs. And, you know, hopefully he understands that and can actually be an asset. But, you know, I take it as a positive that he looked uh, like he belonged out there for sure. So uh, 1309 of ice, <clears throat> a hit, a block, um, I thought it was a good game. I, I thought it was a real simulation of playoff hockey, which I think is great for a player this time year coming, of course, from the NCAA. So that was great. Uh, I thought he got into the dirty areas, evasive, uh, doesn't shy away from contact. He's skilled. Um, I, I think, obviously, there's a really, really good opportunity, Rosie. I think, ultimately, what will happen to start, he'll be on the outside looking in game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs with the ability to potentially move in that lineup, whether it be an injury or a player is not playing well. Is that the way you see it as well? Yeah, potentially. I haven't gone in there. It's such a clusterfuck right now trying to figure out this whole lineup and who's even there and available and where Simmer is and this and that. And we'll see. I, I got to get down to it and crunch the numbers, which I think I'll do after the season and just try to figure out exactly what I think that lineup will be. But um, more than likely outside looking in, um, it's just tough because it, it, if he comes in and understands like what they need his role to be, I think he could easily be the best player to be in the in the lineup. But time is of a factor and there's other guys like Zach Aston Reese and guys that have really stepped up as of late where it makes it even more difficult because if someone's just slugging along done nothing in months it'd be easy to punt them out and put them in but um, it doesn't really look like that on the on the roster right now so we'll see what happens good chance he'll be in there but I really feel like he could be a nice little addition he's not a savior he's not going to be the difference in games necessarily but a guy like him could go in if you understand what we need your role to be with his skill and ability um he could be a nice asset on that you know bottom six but it's yet to be seen i again i didn't like how many 
how he wasn't really finishing the the body last night. And I think that's maybe he'll change his uh, his attitude when he gets into the playoffs. And I mean, you know what the first round of playoffs is like. It's just that puck drops and guys are just banging and crashing. And if he can get involved in that and uh, and understand what the Leafs need out of him, I think that he could be an asset. But we'll see if he gets in or not. I like the fact that they utilized him in different spots in the lineup. I know he played predominantly on that third line, but we saw him at bits and pieces with guys, you know, the playmakers, the moneymakers, if you will, uh, the Matthews of the world, the JTs, the Marners, like they got a, a legitimate look. And again, again, against a desperate opponent in, in Florida who had a lot to play for, I actually appreciated a debut more against a team like that than more that they'll see against a team like Tampa or even the New York Rangers teams who know they're in who know they're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs, a bit of a different feel. So he got as close to a feel as a Stanley Cup playoff game as as you can get. And, and that's another positive to grab. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't a throwaway game. It's nice to play teams that are playing for something, uh, especially in that situation, like you say, where he gets involved and can feel what it's like to to be a, you know, a more intense game. And I mean, he's played a lot of intense hockey. I mean, that Frozen Four, those guys are going hard. I know it's not the NHL, but he's played in the Olympics. He's played in, his resume is quite, quite long as far as important and intense hockey that he's played, which is only going to serve him well. But uh, again, it remains to be seen if there's a spot in this roster for him. But I mean, down the road, he's going to be, I think he's going to be one of the big fellas. He's going to be a top six forward. And I mean, he's not, I don't think his game is Austin Matthews. I think it's, uh, I don't know, maybe more Ryan O'Reilly or it's tough to say, but he's just, he's a big power forward, big down low with the net, can keep the puck down low and find the space and make the plays. And I'd like to see him bang and crash a little bit more. I think they, I think he should have been, I mean, I doubt he needed to do any of that in college. But uh, it'd be nice if he understood what needs to happen in the playoffs, especially for this roster, and to bring a little bit of that physicality and would be uh, ideal for me personally. Yeah, the comp being thrown out there is Alex Kalorn, who we might see tonight, who's in a contract year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's not too shabby, right? A guy who plays with pace and presence. And again, I, I do think he's got maybe a bit more skill than, say, like an Alex Kalorn, but it's... It's definitely the type of player that could benefit um, on this lease roster, obviously, from the skilled guys and the big boys. So we'll see if Nyes gets back in there tonight against Tampa. We'll get to that game momentarily. But, Rosie, I want to dive in more into what happened over the weekend. So we see Jet Alexander from the University of Toronto somehow find his way into a game, a 7-1 beatdown of the Montreal Canadiens, plays the, the last 110 of that game almost by default. I will defer to you on this first and foremost to get the first reaction because you played in the NHL. How did you feel about this guy playing in an NHL game on Saturday night? Yeah, I had mixed feelings about it. Um, first off, you think, man, that's cool. Uh, good for him. What a story. What a thrill for him. And then afterwards, you kind of thought to myself, you know, this was put on the Leafs by by their own doing and to throw him a game kind of does it cheapen it you know does he get that that game sheet that he hangs on his wall forever is he an NHL or and it's kind of like an asterisk or something but it, it, it's a little bit of both it, it would be not I like it when legit emergencies happen and a guy legitimately has to get thrown in and he goes in there and makes a bunch of saves and you know it's like this great story fantastic it, it happens and it needed to happen and and you got it and what a great story but just to throw a guy a bone for the hell of it it's just like who wants a game who wants a game but uh 
at the end of the day, you, you, you can't be like that. And you just got to be happy for the kid that it happened. But you certainly can't say I made it to the NHL. Like I saw some interviews yeah. or some, I was reading something that was like, I made it to the NHL the non-traditional way. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you know how many guys battled in the minors and rode the buses and went through hell and ups and downs and screaming matches with coaches and people telling you you're no good and getting cut from the team and sent down and no contracts and and then you finally make it. I mean, that means something. And it's a hell of a lot, you know, more important than, than the way an e-bug gets chucked in for shits and giggles. Yeah, I, I thought your breakdown was was fantastic. Um, honestly, I, I'm call me old school, but I, I think you look at the body of work, uh, you look at where this season has gone. There's a couple things that stood out for me. Number one, Edmonton did this in late January. So they sort of they they open you know, the, the jar up, if you will, because Matt Berlin plays in that game against Chicago and they started everything. And I think that opened the door for a team like Toronto. It's going to open the door for teams down the road to do the very same thing. But that's my major takeaway is how hard it is to play in the NHL, how hard it is to get to the NHL. And I get it. You want that feel good Rudy story. But my bigger problem actually came with Sheldon Keefe's comments following the game. It was not my decision Word came down to me about 30 seconds before the whistle came and I made it happen. Then he was asked about who made the decision. He responded with, that's not important. So if you go back to January when Edmonton, they were asked about it, uh, from the sounds of it, it was the leadership core, McDavid and Drysettle and company that said, you know what, put the kid in. So that's my concern is like the conversation being had in the media. Uh, I get why it happened, but it was also the game was in hand. And then on top of that, we haven't addressed it. Chris Weidman was pretty pissed after that game who plays for the Habs. Yeah, I don't give a shit what Weidman says. You're down 7-1 and then you're going to bitch about it. I always hate that. Like, you're disrespecting us. Fucking, you're down 7-1. Just shut up. You're taking your lumps anyways. The team can do whatever they want. If they want to fucking work their first unit against you and get something going, fuck you. Don't be down 7-1 then. Like, I can't stand it when guys are getting shelled and then they bitch about what the team did during that. Um, it's annoying and got no fucking time for that. Don't be down 7-1 fucking Habs against their, against their arch rivals. I mean, they hate each other. You think they're going to, it's not about respect or anything. It's about, you're thinking about yourself and forget that stuff. But, uh, as far as chucking them in, who would have sent that? I was trying to figure that out. I don't think it was the players saying throw them in and the word came no. down from up top is how I read it. And for all I know, they're thinking they might need to use some emergency backups in the future and they want to toss this guy a bone and let everyone else in the GTA who's got some goaltending experience to maybe give them a call and say, I want to be an e-bug and they can get the best emergency <laughs> backup on 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 call that they can possibly get because they think they're going to have to use him, a la Matt Murray being out all the time. So uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know who would have wanted that or thought that was cool. Maybe just a guy had a had a heart and said, throw the kid in for a minute and a half. I'm not sure. Yeah, it really, it really is puzzling. And again, it gets into a bigger question about the NHL and should it modify the whole e-bug thing to ensure an NHL caliber goalie is, is actually playing because a lot of this has to do with the salary cap situation. They signed Matthew Nyes, so they elected to use that cap space to sign Nyes. We even saw last night, the backup, it was Nick Chenard. And I actually think there's a legitimate shot this Chenard guy starts tonight against Tampa Bay Lightning. They're playing in the first round for a variety of reasons. We talked about Samsonov last night. Still looks like something's going on lower body-wise. The last thing you want to do is play him in a back-to-back. -back. 
And number two, uh, I, I mean, these are throwaway games. They don't matter whatsoever. I think the key here is to get him there. I would just love an update on Matt Murray one way or another. Like, where is this guy, Rosie, honestly? I don't know, dude. I like, I, there was some talk over, over the weekend where he was about to play and then last minute <laughs> couldn't. Like, I've never seen this shit. I've seen a thousand guys be hurt, a thousand guys who are prone to injury. And I've just never seen like, it's always like a, it's always a clear cut decision on whether you're playing or not. And it sounded like Murray was like on the cusp of getting his shit on to go out for a warm up again. And then just, <laughs> and then couldn't, which I've just never seen before. I would love to know what's going on behind the scenes, but obviously very unreliable. I have no idea who's going to play tonight, but the last, I would rather get shelled seven rip. And the shitty thing is you can't, we, we talked about this game, the second last game of the year against Tampa about having absolutely nobody involved in, in the game, but Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bug. Can you hear me, Rosie? Yeah, I'm good now. Fuck, this is annoying. Yeah, I hear you. Technology. So we're going to move on to this uh, dress rehearsal game. Tampa and Toronto. What's your expectation? What's your feel? Uh, we're not going to know much about the lineup till we get closer. Again, we talked about the potential of a 21-year-old who played in the OHL this past season was 14-16-3. And Nick Chenard playing in this game. But, like, what's your expectation? Can they set a tone? I know they're playing Tampa next week to start, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if you caught that with the internet acting up and everything, but we expected everyone to be in the press box tonight and just let this game be thrown away. And that's not the reality anymore. So we'll see what happens there, but all their main roster is going to be playing. I th they're probably going to be an emergency backup goalie playing in there. And I do not want to see Samsonov in there. He was freaking phenomenal last night. I mean, he makes so many like game continuing and momentum continuing saves sprawling out and stretching out and he just he's just so ready for the playoffs i'm so jacked about him but i don't want to see him pull something or tweak some i think his little tweaks and cringes are just being annoyed that he's being tested that hard right now and uh i don't know you're gonna i think you're gonna have to just have a throwaway game where you put an e-bug in and see what the hell happens but it's it's just kind of annoying that we even have this game scheduled because I don't even want to – I just want the Tampa Bay Lightning just to not even be in our minds until we finish this season, get our roster together, get ready, press go, and fucking see them, and, and let's rock and roll. But whatever does happen tonight I think is totally irrelevant. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think in a perfect world, um, you know, Matthew Nyes plays a ton for me again. He played 13.09 last night. I'd throw him out there 15-plus. Um 
I think there's a way to set a tone. There's a way to play that style that will make you productive and successful in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I think you have to be smart. Like, for example, I wouldn't play Mitch Marner on the PK. I know you don't want to show Tampa anything, but you also want to escape this game uh, with full health intact. Like, we even saw last night Jake McCabe had to leave for stitches. He came back. Eric Gustafson gets hurt in the warm-up, so Luke Shen has to dress cold and play that game. Like, I know part of this is a salary cap, but part of this is the Leafs having clinched the playoff spot so long ago where you're just waiting and waiting and waiting to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So for me, the biggest key, the last two remaining games, the regular season, just stay healthy, find a way to get there, right? Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of like teams having buys in different sports or situations or whatever. And it's like, it's it's never, it's never guaranteed to be... Um, you know, an advantage. Sometimes the team that goes to game seven walks in and just destroys a team who swept a team and has been waiting and waiting and waiting for a week. It's not necessarily an advantage for you. And I, I kind of wish that, uh, you know, not that we were fighting for a playoff spot by any means, but when there's this much time waiting and waiting, it, it can throw you off kilter. And I think they've done a good job looking sharp and um, looking solid. And we happen to have the extra storyline of them facing their opponents in the playoffs tonight and be interesting to see what Tampa does. I don't know what their cap situation is and, and who they're going to bring up and down and who they're going to rest and not. But bottom line is you don't read too much into whatever the hell happens this game. There's just a, a shit storm of, of cap and American league guys and call-ups and e-bugs and all kinds of shit going on. So I don't think anyone's going to, this isn't the playground where you're out there to intimidate and stuff like that. It's not like yeah. anyone's going to, put a whole bunch of stock into this game and both teams are just actually prepping for when you're playing with real bullets here. So this is kind of a throwaway game, but be interesting to watch and just see what happens with the two actual jerseys basing off against each other. We know we're going to see that here in, in a week or so. So um, interesting enough, but again, not a lot of stock being put in it from my end. I'm with you on that front. That segment, by the way, was brought to you by our new friends over at Skip. We're happy to tell you about Mitch's Dishes by Skip using the promo code TLN15 in the Skip the Dishes app. You'll get $15 off when you spend $30 or more on Mitch's Dishes. Please note that this offer is exclusive to Skip. Additionally, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Marner Assist Fund to combat food insecurity. Skip is currently serving up game time eats across the GTA and Ontario and the likes of Brampton, Guelph, Kitchener, Toronto, Oshawa, and Waterloo, among other places. If Mitch likes it, it's got to be great. Did somebody say skip? I said skip, and Rosie whistled. So with that, we're going to move on to the Botano wrap-up. It's presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19+, plus. please play responsibly. And Rosie, here is my play for you tonight. Mitch Marner is sitting on 99 points unbelievable season i think he gets to 100 points tonight against tampa i'm looking at an anytime assist minus 143 so obviously a juice price marner's an assist machine but i think it goes down tonight against tampa Bay lightning what say you yeah that's where uh i was um leaning towards you know those assist bets i think we were having success with them earlier in the year and before all the towers and everything else got blown over and whatnot out in ottawa when our whole system went down, we weren't able to do that show, but I was leaning towards that kind of thing too. I love the anytime assist play. Obviously, Vegas knows that it's a high value as they break down the minus 143 pretty hard and take the value away from it. But only reason that's happening is because it's so likely and I love those assist plays. So yeah, it'd be nice to see a guy get 100 points. Uh, he's right there. Two games left to do it. So why not? 
Okay, let's take a look at the chat now. It's hot and heavy and appreciate everybody coming back this week. I know last Thursday we had some technical issues. We apologize for that. Took a couple days off for Easter as well. But here we are for the stretch drive to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And a lot of you are along for the ride with us. Frank writes in, I think the last time the Leafs signed a college grad of note was Tyler Bozak. That worked out pretty well. Didn't you play with Bozy? Yeah, I remember when... Uh... When he came in there, it was the frat pack line. I think it was uh, it was Christian Hansen, Matt Frat, and then Tyler Bozak, yeah. and they started the year. They called him the frat pack. It was like I was talking to Bozy a little while ago. He was dying laughing, saying I forgot about that. But yeah, he ended up having a pretty decent career, I suppose, and was a really good player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yeah, if, uh, I don't know. I think I think Nyes has got even even higher caliber than than that. But again, doesn't matter what happens years down the road. I'm thinking about right now. How are we going to use this guy? Are we going to use this guy? It's funny, you know, watching the game last night, I wondered if maybe a couple finishes were, were happening or a couple players finished plays, like even the Kerfoot one. If, if Nice comes out of that first period with a couple helpers, how different is that night? I, I thought obviously he had those two costly turnovers in the second period, period, but all in all, like, I mean, it was a pretty decent first outing in the NHL. This is the NHL. He's coming off a disappointing loss in the NCAA, uh, you know, championship game against Konipiak over the weekend. Um, but I, I think if a couple guys finish their plays, like you never know where that night goes for Matthew Nyes, right? Yeah, totally. It could have been a different story and some things are out of your control, but he, uh, he had the potential to get on the score sheet. No question. I mean, I thought that he looked good minus that one shift where he had a couple bad turnovers. And I mean, that's the kind of shit that happens. And, and that just really showcases the NHL. When you make a mistake, it, uh, it's often in the back of your net, actually, and it wasn't yeah. even that costly. A couple shots against, and they kept her in the D zone when he's up by the blue line. You got to make sure you get that thing out, and I'm sure he knows that. But if that was the the worst that happened out of getting chucked into the NHL with the highest expectations of anyone in a long time, uh, I consider it a success, and I think he's only going to build from there. So uh, Gary Wrightson makes a great point. Did anyone notice Kachuk run from Shen? Yeah, I saw that too. I think Kachuk tried to lower the boom after a whistle and Shenner just came in there. Shen came in a couple times. I like what he did. Matthews got crunched by Uyghur. Or no, no not Uyghur, excuse me, but Gudis after the whistle, I think, in the first period. And you saw Shen just a beeline from the blue line. I want to see that from my guys. I know, and I, I, there's still talk about whether he's going to play or not in the playoffs. He better play every single game in the playoffs. You are going to need that guy. He knows that team. Um, yeah. They know what he's capable of. I don't think they have anybody like Patty Maroon, maybe. But Chenner can handle absolutely everyone on there and tell people how it's going to go out there and clear that front of the net, and there's not going to be any pissing around in front of Samsonov during the playoffs you need that guy in there or else you're gonna see those guys take advantage of it and just the last thing I want is for them to bring in Shen and not use him every single game in the playoffs yeah I'm with you on that Frank there's uh, there's no doubt uh Northern Mail writes Q to the boys is there a spot for Simmons in the first round kind of hope not I think he only gets a spot if the buds are getting beat up for game three yeah, I don't I don't see a situation where Wayne Simmons is playing in that lineup because we we talked about it. They're full 12 without him. Then you add Matthew Nyes. Like I think right now Simmons is probably like the 14th forward. Yeah, I think there's just he's running out of spots. I think they, they would like to use him. I think that he's been effective in certain ways, not the Wayne Simmons that we're used to seeing, you know, scoring a shitload of goals and being so devastating that front on the power play like he was in Philadelphia, but um, it would be nice to inject him in there to play a few minutes and stuff, but he's just run out of yeah. roster spots. Again, There's uh, he's probably slated for 14, and I think Nyes is certainly ahead of him. Um, and I just don't see it happening unless we run into injuries or some severe physicality issues going on.
I liked his little Tilly over the weekend with Pizzetta, man. Like, and everybody was going nuts because he he showed Pizzetta you're gonna trip on the stick. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. How many people had to point that out? Like, yeah, we're all human beings. Yeah, we got a job to do. We got a scrap here, but obviously the guy's gonna help him out. Like, you'd probably do the same thing if a if a guy was under a stick like that, right? I've seen that lots where you're engaging in a yeah. square up and then you're kind of looking at the stick and you're kind of like shuffle over to the side because no yeah. one wants to step on it. You don't want that guy to step on it and crack his head or whatever. So that's yeah. just the way it is, man. Sometimes there's helmets and sticks and everything. And usually you kind of sway off to the side to get that shit out of your way. But um, it's just a funny thing. I like how fans notice that stuff and yeah. shows the humanity of it and, and the good guy nature. And, you know, the other last night in the Minnesota game, I get rips off the guy's helmet and holds it up like gladiator or whatever. I was laughing my ass off. I, I mean, some of that stuff's just extra fun for the guys that aren't yeah. actually in the arena anymore watching, having a, having entertainment out of it. I like this from our, uh, one of our interns, Kerwin. Clifford Steve Simmons' first line tonight. I actually don't think it's possible to call guys up because of the salary cap situation. Like, I, I think they're borderline screwed, and, and their big boys are going to have to play. Like, ideally, I'd love to see Matthew sit a game, Tavares sit a game. We've seen Marner sit. We've seen Nylander sit. They can't even recall a goalie, man. So, like, it is what it is. I think I just cross my fingers, try not to watch the game because I don't want anybody to get hurt for next week. Yeah, it sucks that uh, that they have to play them all. We guessed that this would be a done deal and the guys would be up in the press box and you'd give a whole bunch of other guys a shot and maybe the silver lining is yeah. you can look at some uh, some prospects or something like that. But at the end of the day, they're... Yeah, so lastly, we'd just like to apologize for the uh, technical difficulties on today's show. We will get to the bottom of it. Um, having said that, we're going to leave it at that for today, Rosie. Coming up tomorrow, I know we teed this up last week, and then we had sort of a storm hit here in uh, in Eastern Canada, so we couldn't do the show last Thursday. But your former teammate, Tim Stapleton, is going to drop by tomorrow, so we'll look at the Leafs moving forward, and we'll look back at the past. Uh, guaranteed right now, I will be asking a question about the Atlanta Thrashers. Former Thrasher, Tim Stapleton. Yeah, for sure. Stapes Buster, he's going to come on. He's an animated guy. His uh, interview with Spittin' Chicklets did a, yeah. made a big splash. And anyway, he's uh, his Leafs uh, connection is that he was in this exact situation where he got signed out of college and he got a bunch of games and it was, uh, it was a cool memory for him. So we'll pick his brain about what that was like. Sounds good. Uh, many thanks to producer Alex. Thanks everybody in the chat. It was red hot today. Bring it tomorrow again. We'll break down this game against Tampa. We'll look forward to the uh, season finale against the New York Rangers coming up on Thursday. And I'm sure over the next couple days, we'll get a schedule as to what it will look like for game one and two in Toronto next week between the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. For Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care.